0: Hey, uh, I got a delivery here for uh, your eardrums. It's this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, you already know what it is. Thursday, October 10th, I will be at Multitude Live in Boston. It's going to be fantastic. I'm currently in discussions with a very special guest that we're trying to land for the show, and I want to make sure it's official before I announce it. So if you want to hear about it the second I get that confirmed, make sure you're following else on social media. But regardless, we've had the meetings with Multitude for putting the show together. The lineup of what we're going to be doing at the show is going to be fantastic. And after the show, we're going to head to a bar like a block and a half away. You can hang out with us, talk to us, meet us, grab a drink. It'll be a great time. So if you want to get tickets to that, go to multitude.production slash live. And then, of course, that following weekend, I will be at LeakyCon Boston. Schedule has still not been determined yet, but hopefully it will be soon. I'm going to try to do a Potterless meetup some sort of afternoon, like Saturday afternoon is what I'm leaning towards. It just depends on the schedule of the convention itself. But a lot of fun stuff happening in Boston. There's some other things happening later that I hopefully can announce soon, so again, as always, just make sure you're following Potter also on social media, and I will be announcing all things across all platforms. And if you want to prepare for Multitude Live by listening to the other Multitude shows, you really should. The other show that I work on, Horse, has been very fun. The most recent episode that came out today, we did an interview with Jody Avergan from ESPN's 30 for 30 podcasts, and no, I'm not kidding, we landed a very important person on my very silly basketball podcast, but also there's some great content out there from Spirits, telling some creepy stories, from Join the Party, doing some incredible storytelling using Dungeons and & Dragons, and Had Heart Gut, our exclusive multi-crew show, where I debated why Thor is the best Avenger, Brandon argued that Black Widow is the best Avenger, and actually made some compelling points, so if you want to hear any and all of these podcasts, go to Multitude.Productions. And speaking of wonderful things and wonderful people, there's new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Christina Borchers, Caitlin De Bonfie, Christina Anderson, Ray, Silver Lumos, Alex Felice, Brianna Cusimano, Nervilis, Nicole Vivienne, Anna Huber, and Marta Guerrero Pastor. Shout out to Srishti Arya and Brittany Nikolai who upgraded their pledge, and a huge shout out to our new producer level patrons Sarah Saunders and McKenna Tweedy. They joined the ranks of Vicky, Aaron, Jesse, Natalie, Clow, Frank, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Abid, Rosemary, Maria, Lisa, Rumina, Kamel, Russell, Audra, Eleanor, Ross, and Nikita. Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Angelina, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Grace, Raul, Ingan, Mari, Alex, John, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Rory, Gloria. Sarah- Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Kerry, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Elisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Surgeon, Neda, Remy, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Harlan, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny, Nikki, Cara, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Martha, Benjamin, Sky, Mart, Sarah, Marta, Stephanie, Justine, Aaron, C.J., Eileen, Violet, Cat, Lindsey, Fielding, Keegan, Miranda, Gale, Mister Folk, Heather, Adam, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Heaven, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Itzel, Al, Topher, Peter, Andy, Skyla, Edel, Professor Threat, Kelsey, Ellie, Lubin, Malayo, Lena, Daniel, Lee, 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 Elizabeth, Abby, Lika, Michael, Earmuffs, Kara, Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Andrea, Kerry, Jamie, Camillo, Connie, Janet, Mary, Emo, Anastasia, Jaden, Nedry, Matt, Riley, Will, Zephyr, Artemis, Brett, Samantha, Kayla, Lauren, Aurora, Emma, Hermani, Lior, Megan, Out of Context, Liam, Milena, Marcos, Ella, Hannah, Courtney, Victoria, Marique, Ashton, Phelan, Julie, The Meadows Family, Brittany, Anna, Fake, Brianna, Karu, Teru, Steamed Nuggets, Can't I, Potter? And Yes, I Can, who never tried to drive a U-Haul down a road that is not letting commercial vehicles pass through because of the UN meeting. So then they get rerouted through a tunnel that brings them into another borough of New York, causing them to add an extra hour and a half just to get back for trying to move into their new apartment and spending extra money on gas and tolls. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to exclusive merchandise, bonus episodes, my notes, director's commentary, you can head on over to patreon.com Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 95 of Potterless covering the second half of the film of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer slash Philosopher's Stone, guest starring Paul Bay and Julia Shaffini. So then, before the sorting ceremony begins, Dumbledore calls the Forbidden Forest the Dark Forest, which I found to be really interesting mm-hmm. because that's not a thing they do in the book, and that's not a translation thing. Is there a reason
1: why they called it the Dark Forest? Because I think if they said the Forbidden Forest is forbidden, that would sound dumb out loud.
0: I guess. I mean, that is a confusing point for me. Is mm-hmm. they call it the Forbidden Forest, but it they make them go there on detention, yeah, so it's clearly it's weird. not that forbidden.
1: Corporal punishment in Harry Potter is not great.
2: <laughs> it's funny that they had to stick with an adjective <laughs> if they had to change a name. You know what mm-hmm. right? I Like we can't use forbidden; it sounds weird. Like, well, can we give it a name? No, no, no. Let's give another adjective. It's dark. Okay, there, there it, is. Go. Dark it. Force it is. Dark forest it is. I mean, it conveys
0: the same sort of feeling, so I guess it makes sense. But anyway, something that they change in the Sorting Hat ceremony is that there is no Sorting Hat song, which I think is a blessing. Because-
1: we we have differing <laughs> opinions about this song because I love it and you hate it. I just, I think it's probably
0: just because of Jim Dale's singing voice for them. That's hat. why I love it. Oh, I think it's so bad.
1: It's I think hilarious. It is so bad. I'm not a big fan. Is it in the book? Yeah, it's in the book. Yeah. And one of the more popular audiobook readings of it is by comedian Jim Dale. Uh And he does a very weird voice for the sorting hat and also sings that song. And I think it's wonderful.
0: (laughs) The hat song kind of is important in that it gives you some backstory about the houses, mm-hmm. and one year it warns about evil that is to yes. come. So it makes sense. I just personally did not enjoy Jim Dale's voice for Rendition it. Of it. Nah, I thought it was kind of like nails on the chalkboard. I <laughs> wasn't a big fan.
2: Hey, so I'm wondering in the books, do they ever explain why there is a house of Slytherin? Like, why do they have a house where it predestines how you're going to turn out? So of?
1: that's not <laughs> instead of
2: instead of instead of teaching, instead of good pedagogy, we're like, let's take these bad kids and try to make them good. They just go well you go to the bad house so
1: the argument is there's four founders at hogwarts and they each decided oh well if we're going to take in students i want to teach the people who are brave or i want to teach the people who are super smart or i want to teach the people who have ambition and then there's hufflepuff who's like i ah, i don't really care i'll just teach whoever wants to be taught
2: oh okay
1: yeah so the the slytherin house is the ambition house
0: okay but in the books they're all just racist <laughs> not saying that about the house but at least the only ones we learn about in the book aside from two people later on mm-hmm. are really bad yeah it's not a good look
2: so i'm guessing that's what uh, the rowling's like sort of like a, a, a commentary on like the english school system like sure. how they pre- predestine you earlier like they put you into your levels or whatever route you're supposed to go like they you choose early over there as opposed to north america mm-hmm. Is that her thing?
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: It could be that. It also could be that you need a bad guy Mm -hmm. for the books. So if you just make a house where all the bad guys are, boom, you've done it. Got it. (laughs) Something that also is absolutely wild in this Sorting Hat ceremony is that Dumbledore... Is warning about parts of the castle you're not supposed to go in. And he says that if you go in this one particular floor, that you may, quote, die a most painful death, Mm -hmm. which is a ridiculous thing to say, not only in general, not only to a group of children, but also to a group of children where some percentage of them don't know what wizarding is. Mm -hmm. There's people whose parents are not wizards that are at the school, like Hermione and other people. And that's just, oh, first day of school, great. I'm going to get my syllabus and meet my teachers. Oh, I also might die a most painful death.
1: Well, you know, uh, children should heed warnings from their elders.
0: I guess. Yeah. 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 Something that they shouldn't do from their elders, though, is clap the way Dumbledore claps. The
1: golf clap, the back of the hand (laughs) golf clap. He
0: does a golf clap on the back of his palm, which is not. I've never seen that ever. It's so fancy.
2: In the movie, he does that? Yeah.
0: Only at the sorting hat ceremony. There's another point in the movie where he claps and he doesn't. At the end of the year, he claps like a normal person.
1: Isn't it like a real big clap at the end?
0: He does the big clap when the, no, the not, later, not, not the of. Phoenix clap but I think he just he. there were other parts in the film where he does a normal clap because I saw him and it just makes me so confused of why someone a, a golf clap usually you do on the palm but the back of the hand I've never seen yeah. ever no
1: I like it it's super fancy it's
0: beyond fancy mm-hmm. and I, I want to bring it into my life a little mm-hmm. bit more
2: he's the dude at a party that people try to fist bump and he just sort of like clasps their fist and shakes <sighs> yes. it like a regular handshake. Hand oh, gosh, oh my gosh <laughs> he's like I'm too good for this socially awkward
1: as hell love it
2: but
0: in an endearing, beautiful old man way. Mm-hmm. So there's one part when the prefects then take the students to their rooms. And first off, the prefects have funny hats on sure. that none of the kids do. And then everyone is wearing the funny hats at the ceremony at the end of the books. Mm-hmm. So is, is that just a thing where they decide to wear funny hats?
1: I feel like it's formal wear. Ah, yeah.
0: okay. It's the wizard tie. Yes, I feel like that's
1: hats. the outfit that they have to wear too when they graduate. I can't confirm that, but okay. I've seen like Good headcanons online about being mm-hmm. like, well, they never wear them in the books mm-hmm. or like ever. Yeah. So maybe, maybe now. They also
2: call those hats head cannons. Too, <laughs> I believe.
1: That's a good joke.
2: <laughs> that is something that they
0: just kind of forget about in the books and the movies mm-hmm. is on the shopping list. Harry gets a shopping list of things he has to buy. And one of them is a classic wizard hat, mm-hmm. the stereotypical one. And then they just never talk about nope. it after that. Never ever. ever. So, and they
1: certainly don't wear them in the rest of the books, not at all, or the rest of the movies, not
0: at all. So, when the prefects are walking with the students, taking them to the dorm, they do a pan up of the moving staircases, mm. which is a really cool effect. But I don't know how many floors tall Hogwarts is, but they show about 12 flights of stairs, that which seems right. that seems a lot. I feel like they never go past the sixth floor in the movies, aside from the towers.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just like the like effect of the Escher like staircases. It and does stuff
0: look like that. really cool. Yeah. I just thought it was when I watched it, I thought that's too many. <laughs>
1: also, like Hogwarts is bigger on the inside, I think. Mm. I don't uh, know if that's yes. canonically true, like but it feels thing. like it. Yeah, oh,
2: that
0: makes sense. That makes
2: sense. Those stairs are pretty awesome. All I could kept thinking was if this was Vancouver, you'd, you'd see men and women in yoga pants going up Hell and down those yes. stairs all lunch hour.
1: Stair master all day long.
2: <laughs> is
0: that a Vancouver thing? Walking upstairs in yoga pants? That's a very Vancouver thing. Yep. You should tell yep. everyone in Vancouver to go to the stupid pinecone slash shawarma thing at Hudson Yards, the vertical park that is just stairs. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but stairs. It, it sounds... Pretty. No? It was the thing that I. It was the thing that <laughs> well, I. Well, the thing you yelled at. Yes, it was the thing that I was razzing. <laughs> the, I was hazing a building.
1: <laughs> that sounds like he something. He was
0: yelling at a building. I have it on video. It just. It makes me so sad. Please, please so
1: send sad. the video so we can insert it here. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <this> so much.
0: <laughs> ah, drat. Paul's video cut off just before I let out a big boo against the pinecone-looking building. Hey, it's me editing, Mike. But yeah, that was me just, you know, poking fun at a building, just just like any rational 27-year-old grown adult should. Anyway, back to the podcast. It was on an Instagram thing, so hopefully Paul can go back and Very find cool. it. But yeah, I made fun of the building because it's gross and bad and I hate it. So then we actually get into the school of Hogwarts, and classes begin, and there's a part where Ron and Harry are running late to class, and this is something that was not in the books, but they added in the movies, and is great because Maggie Smith is perfect. Mm -hmm. Ron and Harry come in, and McGonagall is in cat form, and Ron says something to the effect of like, oh, I'd love to see the look on old McGonagall's face if she noticed we were late, and then she transforms into Maggie Smith, a pretty decent effect for the time, Mm -hmm. It, it Aged pretty well. And then she goes up to them and says, Perhaps I should transfigure one of you into a pocket watch so that you'd be on time. Oh, that was so Irish. That wasn't even close to yeah. Scottish. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so then then uh, Rod and Harry explain that they got lost. And then she goes, Then perhaps a map? I trust you don't need one to find your seats. Oh, God. Which is so an incredible line. It's so fantastic. Such writing. It's, ugh. Oh. That's one one consistently good thing that the movies add in that isn't in the books is more lines for Maggie Smith, mm-hmm. and
2: it makes me really
1: happy. Yeah. They do cut a lot of Harry sassy lines, though, which is upsetting.
2: That is upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind being turned into a pocket watch.
1: Yeah. As long as I could turn myself back. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah.
0: You, as long as you had that cool spring action, right, Paul? Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. A Seiko Grand pocket watch.
0: That'd be really good. That'd be really fun. Did, did they even make those? Or are they just no? Over- <laughs> Damn! One more thing to know when you get your free drink at a future shop, listener. They
1: don't have pocket watches.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't ask about pocket watches, <laughs>
2: <laughs> or say it ironically. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like a Grand cycle pocket watch. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha! Give me my champagne. Oh, only
1: asked in Brooklyn.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so one of the next scenes is Snape's potion class, mm. and his entrance is absolutely. Bonkers! His entrance to the class, everyone is already seated, so he shows up just as class is about to start. He kicks the door open, and the first thing he says is, there'll be no silly wand waving or incantations (laughs) right off the bat, and it is absolutely wild.
1: Did we talk about who they originally wanted before Alan Rickman?
0: No, who did they want?
1: They wanted... Tim Roth.
0: Tim Roth uh, again. Yes, this is Mike. Has heard this name but doesn't know who this person is. Did
1: you ever watch Pulp Fiction? I did. Okay, it's this dude. I'm going to show you a picture of him now. (gasps) That guy. That guy.
0: Oh, that would have made ah.
1: Yeah, um, it's uh, both good and bad because, like, I kind of want to see it, but at the same time, Alan Rickman is perfect.
0: Yeah. So, I feel like it's almost apples to oranges. It just it makes Snape very. Different. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tim Roth would make it more like Book Snape because I think Book Snape is a little less likable yeah. and a little grumpier and more suspect.
1: More menacing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes, menacing. If, if you ever watch him in Rob Roy, where he plays the bad yeah. guy in that, he is awful. Like, he's a, he's a great actor, but he's, he makes you hate the I don't remember a more menacing character mm-hmm. in that era when that movie came out. Like, he's he's scary. <sighs> yeah. Man,
0: I am very intrigued by that. I want to... I like that. I like that.
1: Oh, man. He was in that terrible, incredible Hulk movie, too.
0: Oh, what was his role?
1: He was Abomination, which I guess was the bad guy.
0: Sounds like a bad guy to me. Yeah, I haven't watched that
1: movie in 10 years. I have
0: not watched that movie.
2: Or it sounds like a nickname a Hogwarts teacher would give a student he just (laughs) met. Because he's already prejudged him.
1: Definitely <laughs> a Severus Snape line.
0: I mean, yeah, but oh, his his entrance is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you've been a teacher. Is this just a power
2: play on Snape's part? It is. You know, to be honest, there's a, there's little techniques. That's a little pedagogical technique for a veteran teacher. Mm-hmm. Like in the, at the beginning of the year, every year, uh, I was notorious for being a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Like I would walk in. The students are like, you know, these are high school kids. They're like loud, rambunctious. I just go to the front and just quietly do nothing except with my attendance in front of me, and everyone slowly starts to figure out what's going on he looks a little pissed off and i just wait for it to calm down on my own and it sort of comes down and i just start calling out names like smith mcgillicuddy wong (laughs) like just with that tone and they go here here and if someone goes says something sassy like yeah i'm here i just stare at him for a bit (laughs) like for a good 10 seconds i'm like so you're here that's you you're here he goes yeah i go thank you and then it's scary And so they know, then I got classroom management. They will not fuck around, Mm. all right? For the important part, the setting up of expectations for the class. And then slowly throughout the year, you you let yourself go. And they remember how the year ends. Like, Mr. Bay was a lot of fun. (laughs) No one remembers Mr. Bay was an asshole. Mm.
1: (laughs) Just that they respect you.
2: Yeah. Those teachers that come in, like, especially student teachers, like trying to be everyone's friend. Students love them for the first couple days and then give it a week or two, and they're just in hell. Mm-hmm. Students hate it because they're not learning. Mm-hmm. Teacher hates it because there's zero control. So Snape's like a, a master teacher. Mm. Okay,
0: okay. I mean, one thing that he also does is he yells at Harry for not paying attention when Harry is literally taking notes mm-hmm. on Snape's opening monologue, which just seems very hypocritical.
2: <laughs> that was a mistake on his yeah. part. Teacher's allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, that's
0: fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the next scenes then is when they're all getting the mail and... I just couldn't help but imagine the Mail Time song from Blue's Clues playing. But one thing that is a little different is in the movie, Harry gets the Nimbus 2000 by mail Mm -hmm. and then kind of shoots a look and Catch his eyes with McGonagall, who makes it clear that she has given him this Nimbus 2000, whereas in the books, it's this whole thing where she pulls Oliver Wood out of class and, and makes it seems like Harry is getting in trouble. But then it's actually him being offered a role on the Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. And then McGonagall, it's like it's it's much more brought out, and I think fun, it kind of shows McGonagall's loving nature yes. towards Harry. And I, you know, you got to cut something. Strict, but, some but loving. Exactly. She's a stern mom. She loves you, but also is not going to put up with your shenanigans.
1: Remember how Harry thought he was going to be beaten when he first got pulled from there?
0: It's what he thought was going to go down. Yeah, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. I mean, that's his upbringing. So yeah. what are you going to do? Oof. So then one thing that is is just a little different is they flush out Seamus Finnegan a little bit more in the movies as being a... Like a comic relief slapstick mm. humor sort of thing. He always
1: blows himself up.
0: Yeah, it's his bit. It's just he tries to do magic and stuff explodes. So one of the things he tries to turn water into rum and then it explodes. And That didn't happen in the books, but hey, I'm here for it. And
1: they kind of make it seem like it happens because of his accent. Ah, uh, Which is weird.
0: That's not racist, but not good.
1: Yeah. Do they do that in the Wingardium Leviosa scene too?
0: Yeah, he messes up Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah, and he blows
1: it up. in that point, it's not
0: the accent. He's not saying "when Wingardium Leviosa. I think yeah. he says, like, Wingardium Leviosa. Like, yeah. he is saying it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. But that's something that's interesting about Harry Potter is what if you had some sort of speech impediment or lisp or something? Could you just not do magic?
1: I think you just learn nonverbal magic earlier, maybe. Oh, ah,
0: yeah. I like that. That could be fun. Yeah. Because, I don't know, this is a problem in the Harry Potter series is that you don't see anyone with any sort of yeah, ailment, disability, any limitation, mm-hmm. and that's a little upsetting. Yeah, because it would be interesting to see someone. Oh, this person is mute, but mm-hmm. they do all of their magic non-verbally. We
1: see Mad Eye; he's the only like representation of like disability that we see in yeah. the series at all.
0: But it was all a result of him being a wizard cop, and yeah. none of it was a birth situation. Like
1: amputee, and yeah, but not. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> Maybe the next Fantastic Beasts movie.
1: Maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: So something that also caught my attention is that Madame Hooch has yellow eyes. Yes, hawk-like eyes. Did they say that in the book? I think
1: they just say hawk-like eyes and then okay. they're just like, that means yellow.
0: I thought it was super cool. Yeah, no,
1: she looks dope. Yeah, She looks like a bird and it's great.
0: And also another thing, again, she's giving the flying lesson and she is walking in full stride with the broom. Why is every teacher late to their first class on Hogwarts? Why is everybody not
2: on time?
1: Perhaps maybe the students are just early.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. okay. You could see it. I could see it.
1: Everyone got real intimidated.
2: You don't hear a bell, right? Like everyone's gathered. It's like gym (laughs) class because we were always just sort of gathered. The teacher never got Mm -hmm. there first, right? And then the teacher shows up, throws a dodgeball at a kid's head and goes, (laughs)
0: class has begun. Is that how you intimidated your PE class, Paul? You just get a kid out and dodgeball? (laughs) <laughs> yeah this outplay how play it Paul comes in dunks on a kid it's basketball everybody <laughs> sup nerds.
1: to be fair flying lessons are absolutely the PE of Hogwarts yeah and that's why you yeah. don't have to do it after year one
0: I miss PE though I love <laughs> It, it just it gives you the opportunity to play team sports that you can't organize like what are you going to get your friends together to play indoor handball?
1: I don't know man. You just find that indoor handball league. You live in New York City. There's probably yeah, there's one. every
0: league. I could probably make it happen, man. I should do it. I should join it and then try to make the national team. There you go. <laughs> one thing that they add in the film. It's a classic line is there's the dual, quote-unquote, between Harry and Draco when Harry stands up for Neville, which I think is very Mm -hmm. good. And when Harry flies up to challenge Draco, Hermione, kind of under her breath, says, what an idiot. Yes,
1: they gave her some real good lines.
0: It's really good. Some of the, the lines they give Hermione is sad because they detract from Ron. Mm-hmm. And I think Ron is more competent in the books than at least in this first yes. film, how they make him. Hermione, I think, is less edgy in the movies than the books. I think they shy away from her suggesting some of the things mm-hmm. um, and they give it to Harry instead. But I do really enjoy the addition of what an What an idiot. idiot. <laughs> But then also from the scene, something that's jarring is the CGI of Neville flying around is pretty rough. Yeah. And then later on in in the Quidditch scene, which I talked about at length on a podcast called Big Screen Sports, if you want to hear me just rant about the Quidditch scenes from the first two movies, I would recommend checking that out. I'll spare everyone the time here. But the big takeaway is that the CGI of when they make all a human is rough. And that's the uncanny valley kind of situation. It's the
1: same with uh, when Harry is being held up by the troll later on mm-hmm. where you see him kind of flailing until they zoom in on him. Yeah, that's really not the best CGI.
0: Yeah. Some of the stuff aged well, but that stuff not so great. Also, something that didn't age well. There's a lot of fat shaming. Yeah, there already was some in the books. And yeah, it's not great. It's Paul, you have characters named the fat lady and the fat friar. That's just their yeah. official name.
1: Oh, are you serious? They're not like people though. I yeah. mean it's a ghost and a portrait. Still, that's their official name. I think it's like it's more like the kids started calling them that because children are mean as yeah, hell. That is true. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck.
0: I don't know. But fat shaming is unfortunately somewhat of a theme in the books. Oh, yeah. And okay. also in the movie, Malfoy makes a couple fat jokes towards Neville.
1: Because he's a little pudgy
0: boy. He is, but then also Draco's two henchmen, Crab and Goyle, are both pudgy boys. So it's it's just, I don't like it. Yeah, no, it's bad. Didn't super age well. Something that has been removed from the books in the films just completely is Peeves. Paul, there's this character called Peeves. He's a poltergeist, and he's basically a court jester that just messes with all of the kids, all of the students. He throws water balloons on people. He sings songs, making
2: fun of people. And he's just completely gone. John Cleese was in the movie for a second, like as a ghost. That's not him?
1: Yes, that's Nearly Headless Nick.
2: Okay, that's a different spirit. Okay, I'm yes. mixing up with he And only
1: in two of the movies. Very they can only get him for two. Because he couldn't
2: afford it for that. Like, that's a three second shot. they spent hundreds <laughs> of thousands of dollars on that one. <laughs>
1: Do you know who John Cleese is? I do.
0: He's the uh, Monty Python guy. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. good. And he's he's he plays a very proper ghost with one of those Shakespeare neck tutu. Thi- there it is. <laughs> uh, one of those. And he's very good at that role. But you know who could be Peeves? Robin Williams could have been Peeves. Ooh,
1: yeah, but they didn't want to cast anyone who wasn't British or Irish. Oh,
0: come on. Yeah, I know. Hey, Editing Mike here, sharing a fun fact that some listeners brought to my attention after I posted last week's episode. They also had some Welsh actors and actresses in the films. So... There you have it. They could have got another Monty Python person to yeah. be peeves, and that would have been very fun. I agree. Another thing that about Quidditch that comes into play that sparked a huge debate that I didn't realize it Whoa. is when Harry is on the Quidditch team, he's very nervous, and he's talking to Ron and Hermione about it, and they reveal that James Potter, Harry's father, was a seeker. Now, in the books, they never say what position he played. They mm-hmm. just said that he was very good at Quidditch, and they leave it at that. In an interview, J.K. Rowling said that he was a chaser. Mm -hmm. And I remembered this. So when they said seeker, I was confused. So I looked it up on Harry Potter Wiki. And this is such a hot button topic (laughs) on Harry Potter Wiki. There was an entire page devoted to just this debate. And there was a big in bright red text, all caps, warning banner at the top that was saying, if you submit anything else to this page that isn't, productive or say something that hasn't been said you will be removed Mm -hmm. like it was so ridiculous just saying that we understand that the movie and jk rowling are different things we take jk's word as precedent over the film it was this whole thing and they were just comment after comment after comment after comment this is apparently a very serious topic
1: couldn't he have played both Ginny played both.
0: That's the thing. But that also was a new wrinkle is that you have the people Mm -hmm. arguing for one or the other and then the people saying, why couldn't you have played both? Ginny played both. It is such an ordeal and I had to quickly close out of the page because I didn't
2: realize. Just stress. I had
0: unearthed Pandora's box uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't realize it.
2: It would make sense to me that he was, of course, a, a, what a chaser mm-hmm. and then moved up to Seeker in his final year or something like that.
1: Yeah. That's, That's a very Janie coveted Measley position. There's three chasers on the team, only one Seeker. Mm-hmm. So maybe he started as a chaser and then mm-hmm. Seeker later.
2: Yeah, because if you ask people who grew up with Mike, they'll be like, what is he? Uh, he? He claims he's a point guard, an outside shooting guard. Like, no, no, he's not. He didn't, he's an inside man. But those guys who claim <laughs> Mike was an inside man were the ones that played with him in grade four when Mike was a lot Taller, but the guys who knew him more recently are like, no, he's got a great outside shot. So it depends who you who you ask, and it's just like just agree. Mike loves basketball. I do.
0: I a love this analogy, and this is kind of true because except in the flip I was really short until I grew oh, nine inches wow. in one year in high school
1: Damn son. so
0: I was a point guard my entire life and then in between the summers of sophomore and junior year I grew nine inches and then on the basketball team junior year my coach was telling me you're a wing now and I was, was floored <laughs> I had no idea what this meant
2: wait did you ever have inside game though
0: uh, yes I developed one I had to because I became a wing so now mm. inside game is one of my stronger things because people assume because I'm somewhat lanky that I'm not good down low. They don't think I'm strong, yes. but my legs are quite strong.
2: Yes, I assume that right away. When I saw you, I'm, he's not strong at all. That's my first no, thought. When it's, it's all saw good. You. That's the thing. Yeah. I get <laughs>
0: underestimated a lot. The most recent time I played basketball, some big dude saw that I was guarding him and tried to post me up and I stole the ball from him three times and blocked him twice. <laughs>
2: When I first saw Mike at a party, our eyes connected at the Seattle podcast party. I thought, there's a guy who hasn't read Harry Potter and is weak on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's
0: on you. I'm
1: very strong. I know. <laughs> I got all of these references, clearly.
2: <laughs> Listen to Horse. It's
0: very good. So... There also is something that's interesting is they show you Professor Flitwick, who in this movie, Paul, he was the guy with the bald head and the really straggly white beard, and he was the the shorter guy, mm-hmm. the really tiny professor that was teaching them Wingardium Adridosa. Or sorry, that was teaching them Wingardium Liviosa. <laughs> oh, we're there uh, right now. <laughs> you know what, Julia? That's a great idea. Hey, it's me editing, Mike. This opportunity was too golden to pass up, so let's take that time right now for Wingardium Adridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Perfect Snacks. Let's say hypothetically that you are a child actor on the set of a movie that is taking a very popular book franchise and turning them into films. And you're on set, you're getting hungry in between takes, you need something that's quick, on the go, but makes you feel good, and has a nice, creamy, peanut buttery texture. What are you going to do? You're going to get a Perfect Bar from Perfect Snacks. Perfect Bars are fantastic. Perfect Snacks sent me a whole bunch of them. I have been eating them over the course of the past months, and they are so great in many different settings settings after a workout, if I'm on the go, if I don't have time for breakfast, which is pretty much every day, just snag one of those. They are fantastic. They are fresh from the fridge protein bars. They're made with freshly ground up butter. They've up to 17 grams of whole food protein. They've got 20 superfoods in there and they're all combined to make this nice creamy cookie dough like peanut butter bar that actually tastes good. I actually look forward to eating perfect bars, which is not the case for any protein bar that I've had in my entire life. They're great as just snacks so you don't have to be be eating them right after the gym either. If you just want to have a more convenient way to get a bunch of peanut butter and goodness in your body at one time, yo, having a rectangular prism of it is so efficient and so quick and also tasty. They have a bunch of great flavors from dark chocolate peanut butter to almond butter to coconut peanut butter to chocolate chip to straight up peanut butter. So many great things so that you don't have to sacrifice taste for health. And the refrigerated aspect is nice because they're nice and fresh, but don't let that scare you. The bars themselves are good for up to a week outside of the fridge. So they're still portable and can fit in a the go lifestyle. And I'm recording this ad read on Rosh Hashanah, which is relevant because Perfect Bars are kosher. They're also soy-free, gluten-free, and made in the USA, so they're made with care. And if any of this sounds interesting, you are in luck because as a Potterless listener, you can get 15% off your first online order if you go to perf.bar slash Potterless. Again, that's 15% off your online order if you go to perf.bar slash Potterless. So go to perf.bar slash Potterless, get 15% off your order, and have a fresh, wonderful, refrigerated protein bar for in between the takes of your Harry Potter film today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. I don't know which movie they change him, but eventually they change him where it's the same actor.
1: It's the third one, I think.
0: Okay. The, he's the same actor, but they totally revamp his look. They give him a mustache and a bowl cut and a blue plaid suit, basically.
1: Also, it's Warwick Davis. Yes. Oh, I love Warwick Davis.
0: Yeah. What else was he in? I he only was in know him the Leprechaun
1: franchise, also Willow.
0: Willow, that's where I first know him.
1: And was in Return of the Jedi. Oh,
0: was he an Ewok? Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Ah, uh, detective reasoning. Uh-huh. A thing that they change about Quidditch is there's one pretty long Quidditch scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good 15 to 20 minutes.
1: It's like the combo of all of the other Quidditch scenes. Exactly.
0: In the they hybrid two separate games into one thing. So the part where Harry stands on the broom and surfs, that doesn't happen at all, which is just ridiculous because that wouldn't give you any sort of advantage towards catching the snitch. So I think it's very silly that they added that. But the thing where his broom gets messed up by, what you eventually learn at the end is Quirrell, and the one where he catches a snitch in his mouth. Those are two separate instances, but in the movie, they just smush them together. Mm-hmm. Let's just have one big Quidditch thing and get it out of the way.
2: Yep. That was one of my favorite things in the movies. There's a whole Quidditch thing. This whole mythology of this game, I was like, this is this feels very English, and it's really alternative, like in terms of like, another, it's otherworldly. It was beautiful to watch, and I was trying to put myself in the seat of someone watching it at the time that it came out, and the kids must have just absolutely... Nuts over this thing. They had to have. Is
1: is Paul loving Quidditch going to put a strain on your friendship? No, it's okay. okay
2: Because he (laughs) he loves
0: it for the spectacle and I think it's cool for the spectacle. My complaints with Quidditch are in the rules and in the fact that one position is more important than the other. But it does look very cool, mm-hmm. and it would be very fun to play. I would go watch. see
1: a game of Quidditch.
0: Hundred mm-hmm. percent, but I would be grumpy the whole time. Ah, this, yeah, <laughs> I could make this better. If
1: you're not invested in who's winning, it's probably a really fun thing to see. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: So something that I just noticed by watching the film is Hagrid says "cod swallow" a lot. Mm-hmm. Have either of you heard of this phrase? Before? Only from Hagrid. Yes, you have heard this phrase.
2: Yeah, yeah, f- f- like in the '80s. I've heard people say it, like, but in in books and stuff. I don't remember where. But it it didn't strike me as an original phrase. I'm like, oh, that's that's a phrase I haven't heard in a while. Okay. Like an old English phrase.
1: Yeah. I imagine that it comes from somewhere, but I also have never heard it outside the context of Harry Potter.
2: Okay.
0: Just for good measure, I'm going to turn to our UK correspondent, Dottie James, and ask her if people still say codswallop today. And now it is time for British quandaries with UK correspondent, Dottie
2: James. Codswallop means that something is nonsense, that it's not true, that it's rubbish, the theory might be that there was a man named Cod who owned a line of drinks and the slang term for beer was wallop and so to call something Cod's wallop was an insult to their weak and gassy drinks uh, but this has never been proven. Oxford Dictionary says that it's just um, speculation so we'll never really know. Cod's wallop is a fairly popular term. I know if I used it I would feel a little old-fashioned but it's not out of the realm of possibility. But um, It wouldn't be absolute codswallop for me to use the phrase. This has been British
0: Quandaries with UK correspondent, Dottie James. Wow. Thanks, Dottie, for this insight. Mm -hmm. So helpful. Fascinating. Not a bunch of codswallop. She's great.
2: Or I might be mixing it up with like a dirty phrase I heard in grade five.
1: (laughs) I mean, that could be it too.
0: (laughs) Valid, valid, valid. I
1: hope so. (laughs)
0: So we talked before about Hermione changing a little bit. In the movie, Hermione suggests that Ron and Harry go to the restricted section over Christmas break.
1: Because she's going home for the holidays. Because she's going home for the
0: holidays. But in the books, it's Harry. And I kind of liked that it was Harry because I, I think something that makes Harry unique in what he is is that he's a little more risk-taking. Willing
1: to break the rules.
0: Yes. And I think an important part of Hermione's character development is that it takes her a little bit longer and she does it towards the very end of the first book. And that's when Ron and Harry really start to take her in as a friend. Mm -hmm. So it made me a little sad that they kind of shifted that up. I think they were really just trying to establish that Hermione was smart and competent Mm -hmm. and they gave her some of other characters instances of that. Sure. So it makes sense because you don't get the narrator getting to describe everything.
1: Yes. Can't be like Hermione's smart. She makes good decisions.
0: <laughs> you just have like an omniscient voice <laughs> in the background. Just, oh, oh, Bob Saget like, hey, here's Hermione. Oh,
1: Jesus. No, no. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother references on the show.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I didn't watch the last season of that show. So then there's a point where at the mirror of the Erased, which Paul—that's desire spelled backwards. Get it, because it's oh. a mirror that it's shows easy. you
2: what you want. Mirror. I'm being very—I'm being sincere when I say yeah. this is a surprise to me. <laughs> All right, I, did not, I
0: did not see that. It's—it's it's a cute little name thing that isn't. It's obvious, but not painfully so. So it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. It's like a dad joke in writing form. Yeah, it's it's magical sounding. But in the movie, Harry only sees his parents, who first off are the casting. They're at least 40 years Mm. old and they're supposed to be 23-ish in the books. Mm -hmm. So that's ridiculous because didn't they cast a bunch of people as older so that it would match Alan Rickman as Snape? Wasn't he the grounding point?
1: Maybe. That's what what I've heard is that
0: even though he wasn't necessarily the top choice, once they cast him as Snape, they wanted to make everyone else that was supposed to be the character of Snape's Age look Snape's Age. So that's why you have people like Gary Oldman and the way too old people playing Mm -hmm. Harry's parents. But in the books, Harry sees his entire family. And in the movies, he only sees his parents.
2: Well, the only thing that bothered me was when they showed Harry's parents and there was a date on the bottom and it said nineteen seventy two. And I thought, oh shit, I'm older than Harry Potter's parents.
0: I mean, they were very young. They were supposed to have died tragically in their early 20s. But you kind of lose that tragic nature of it in the film because they look a little older. So your brain kind of thinks, oh, they lived a life, not Mm -hmm. as long as they should have, but they did there. Whereas I currently am older than what Harry Potter's parents would have been. In America, at least they would have been a year or two out of college, which is ridiculous. Absolutely wild. They couldn't have even rented a car. (laughs) 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 Their
1: car insurance. So, so expensive. So
0: expensive, especially cars fly. It's a Mm. whole ordeal. So one thing, and I'm glad we have Paul here for this, because Paul, resident dog expert, Fang is a bloodhound.
1: Right, he's a boarhound. A boarhound. I, I mean, yeah, double check
0: that. I think he is. I think that's correct. Which is
1: just a great dane, I think. Okay,
2: it also looked like a bloodhound. It looked like a part bloodhound. It like it looked yeah. like a drooly type of dog. He's yeah, so
0: definitely a drooly boy. In my brain, I always imagined Fang as this very active, athletic dog, mm-hmm. and in. The movie, he's really old and sleepy looking, which is cute, but just not what I was anticipating.
1: Yeah, I think that's the whole thing is like he was named improperly. Like mm. Fang is a really intimidating name, but mm. he's just a lazy ass motherfucker. <laughs> In
2: the books, he's hes lazy as well? Yeah. Okay. And
1: he's a coward. He's a coward of a dog. He barks
0: <laughs> a lot. He talks a big game, but then doesn't actually attack
1: yeah. people.
2: Oh, that's like my oldest dog, Monty. That, Aww, that's him. Monty. Exactly. Yeah. The <laughs> short-legged basset hound lab. <laughs> he does have short legs. He barks at everything when he feels threatened, but he's just a coward.
1: I love your dogs so much, Paul. Your dogs are
0: very good, Paul. Follow Paul Bay on Instagram. I love your Instagram stories because it's a sense of security because I know what I'm going to get. I know when I watch a Paul Bay Instagram story, I'm going to get pretty views of your house, pretty views of Vancouver forestry scenery. I'm going to get cute dog stuff, Mm -hmm. and all of the text is going to be orange. And I just know what I'm getting, and it makes (laughs) me happy.
2: Yeah, you're forgetting food.
0: You're forgetting food. Food and booze, of course, yes. But uh, it's so satisfying.
1: <laughs> you have very good Instagram. We're just products. all living vicariously through you, Paul. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I've
2: got a brand. I stick to it. My wife just learned how to make margaritas. <gasps> she put it out. She put it out on the balcony for me. Yes. I go, what are you doing? And and she goes, oh, aren't you going to do it? I go, oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot my brand.
1: There you go. go. Thank
2: oh. you. I go, let me choose the music. Let me get the, get the right BTS song for this video. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: It's a shame that Lainey does not enjoy being on social media because she is an absolute gem. Mm-hmm.
2: She's awesome. But she's very private, though. Yes. So I, I, nev- I never talk about uh, uh, us. Okay. I I just say my wife, and but but it's like she's very private. I respect that of her.
0: Mm. We will just leave it at she is wonderful.
2: Yeah, (laughs) she's a myth. Who knows if she's true?
0: Oh, uh, She's been a not ghost an episode the of spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the new Big Loop episode, yeah. is that your wife has been the friends we've made along the way the whole time. <laughs> I
2: would love it if after when Mike came to visit me, he reported back to everyone at Multitudes like, Paul lives alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has <laughs> no, no one dogs. there.
2: There's not even dogs there.
1: Sometimes just cocktails emerge out of the mist and we're not sure where they come from. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so... Speaking of
0: animals, they show the dragon and the dragon egg thing. It's still in the film, Mm -hmm. but something that gets cut, just had to do it for time, is that in the books, the dragon ends up having a longer stay. Mm -hmm. He grows up a little bit more and it gets to a point where they have to call on Ron's older brother, Charlie, who Uh, is the coolest Weasley that we never get to learn about. Other than that, he works as a dragon wrangler in Romania and that he's buff. That's all we learn about him. And he seems so fantastic. But In the books, he and three of his other friends fly in to fly the dragon away so that they can take care of it. And that is when the students get caught for being out too late after hours. And in the movie... Norbert lasts for about 30 seconds because they show you they have Norbert and then very abruptly because they have to get rid of him, but they need the egg plot point because that's how Voldemort came into the mix. Mm -hmm. Hagrid just has to say, oh, Dumbledore got
1: rid of him. Oh, (laughs) see,
0: really sad.
2: That was very sad to me. Mm
1: -hmm. Very, very sad.
0: And so abrupt in the film. You've met Norbert and then two scenes later, Norbert's gone.
1: No, poor Norbert.
0: Poor Norbert. Poor Bert. Another very minor thing is that when they go to detention, Neville in the books also gets detention, mm-hmm. and they just didn't put him in the movies getting Did They put detention. Hermione in instead. I don't know if it was just not Neville or if it was Neville instead of someone. I think in the books it was all the same people, but then also Neville. And then I think in the movie they made it just Hermione, Draco, Harry, and Ron. Right. Wrong. Hey, it's me editing Mike. Past Juliet, don't worry. This one's definitely on Past Mike. I misspoke here, and actually, Ron does not show up to detention in the book. So, in the book, it's just Harry, Hermione, Draco, Neville. In the movie, they switched Neville for Ron. Anyway, back to the podcast. But while they're at detention, Filch also calls it the Dark Forest instead of the Forbidden Forest. So that gives confirmation that it is a movie decision just to make it the Dark Forest mm-hmm. instead of the Forbidden Forest.
1: They change it later. It's fine.
0: Oh, yep, good. So then there's the very creepy, which as a kid, this had to have been terrifying. The Voldemort eating a unicorn and then flying towards Harry scene. Yeah, pretty uh, scary.
1: It it's one of the few that I remember. Scary. Yeah, was
0: I was surprised at how actually terrifying it was. But mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you got to make it legit
1: is <laughs> a little too swoopy i feel like
0: it felt a little bit like this is something on a string and there's not a person under yeah, here
1: yeah <laughs> that, that was the problem
2: <laughs> I, I love the idea behind it but like cause that's in the book right mm-hmm. yes yeah because it's such a dark idea yeah i'm mm-hmm. um, like you know you have the you know the wonderful magical almost disney-esque uh, castle and the school and all the and all of a sudden you have this really really dark scene in that forest that they've been warning about and I, lo- as, a, as someone who works in horror, I'm like, oh, that I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very good.
0: So then the centaur steps in, Firenze, yeah. steps in to stop Voldemort from murdering Harry. But in the books, they have multiple centaurs and they have a whole debate because the centaur's whole big thing is that they watch the astrology and they study the planets and Mars the stars. Mars is bright
1: tonight. Mm-hmm,
0: and right. they know the future from it and mm-hmm. the other centaurs get mad at him for intervening with what the stars have prophesized, blah blah blah. It's a whole big thing. I see why they cut it. Yeah,
1: it's just a lot. <laughs> it's a whole, it's a lot, lot going on.
0: <laughs> One other little note later on in the movie, Hagrid is playing Hedwig's theme on a flute the theme song to the film Hagrid is just playing it on his flute which is incredibly meta
1: the flute has a little owl carved into it too if I didn't I notice correctly. that oh yeah. it's very cute they might be in a later movie but I know that's like a little detail that they add
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now to round out this discussion of the movies the whole ending is incredibly different from the books mm-hmm. so it's still the same thing where they get through the sleeping dog and get through the little secret hatch to get into all of the puzzles mm-hmm. but first off in the books, when they go down and they have the devil snare, which in the movie is incredibly Star Wars trash compactor esque. Yes. When they go through in the devil snare, I forget who gets tied up, but I think it's Ron and Harry are tied up and then. Hermione reveals that they don't like light. Mm -hmm. And then she says something, oh, but if only I had a way to make light. And Ron has this great line where he says, are you a witch or not? And then she uses her wand to cast a fire spell. Like, get sort of the devil snare. The whole just relax and you'll fall through thing was weird and quicksandy. And I didn't see why they did that.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that. And I also like that in the book, Hermione has that moment of panic and she's like not good under pressure. Hermione is not good under pressure. She's great at book studying and whatnot. But like being able to highlight that fact that like sometimes she needs her friends to remind her like how to do a thing Mm -hmm. is very cool. And they kind of took that away in the movie version.
0: I think it's a bit sad because it highlights Harry's strength is that he's quick on his feet. That's his whole big thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to showcase the strengths and weaknesses of the characters because I think the three, each of the three is good at one thing that the others aren't and bad at something that the others can make up for. And I don't think they really conveyed that as well in the film. Mm -hmm. Makes me a little upset. But then they go on to the room with all the keys in it. And this is also very different because the keys don't attack Harry Mm -hmm. when he gets them in the books.
1: He just finds the right one. You just have
0: to fly and find the right one. But in the movie, they all get really angry once he starts to fly. You got to raise
1: the uh, stakes a little bit. I get it.
0: (laughs) I guess they all like fly and attack the door. And then something that actually made me very upset is that In the film, Paul, the next room is a logic puzzle with potions. No. No?
1: Next room is the troll that they find knocked out in the book.
0: Yeah, so in the book, there's a troll that's already been knocked out, so then they just make their way through. Then it's Wizard Chess. Then it's Wizard Chess, which is pretty true to form, as they do in the film. And then after Wizard Chess, there's supposed to be a room where there is a logic puzzle with potions. Mm -hmm. And one sends you back, one lets you go forward. And then the rest are poison. And the rest are poison. So they use deductive reasoning to figure out which ones they need to drink, but there's only enough for one. And it's this really smart thing and I really enjoyed it.
1: And they just didn't put it in the film at all. It would have taken too long. I guess. The
0: movie was already really long. It's two hours and 40 minutes, which uh, I am sorry, Paul. I thought this was like a 90 minute film. So did I. I didn't realize how big of an ask it was when I asked you, yeah, can you watch the movie? It'll be fine. And then when I was doing it in prep, I realized, oh, I just made Paul watch a
1: two hour, a hour 40 hour minute film. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to correct myself before the internet does. Not mm. all the rest are poison. Some of them are just like harmless drinks or wine and stuff like that. Okay. But there are poisons. mixed Some in. Some are poison.
0: Yeah. So they move on, and then there's the duel. So the duel is a bit different in the film than the movie. In the film, Harry touches Quirrell, and he kind of turns into dust of rock or crumbling, whatever. In the books, it is boils, and it Mm -hmm. burns all over his skin, which... I don't know. I think it's it makes the struggle a little bit different because also in the books he is fighting Quirrell and his scar hurts so much because Voldemort is there right. and it gets to a point where Harry starts to pass out and then Dumbledore intervenes.
1: It's harder to show via the film, I yes, think. I agree. so it works, but for the book it doesn't really work for yeah. the film,
0: there's, which is fine. There's no part in the book where Ghost Voldemort flies through yeah, Harry's chest weird. and then knocks him out. That doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the final thing, they've got the ceremony at the end where they reveal that Gryffindor actually won the House Cup. Mm -hmm. One thing that I was confused about, and I don't know if this is how House Cup points work, is the points that go from Quidditch Cup to house cup one-to-one, or is it fractioned?
1: No, I think it's like, oh, if you win the Quidditch cup, you get 100 points to your house, and okay. then come in second 50 or whatever. Okay,
0: because all of the final scores were in the 300s to 400s, and yeah. every Quidditch match has no, more than No, I don't think that. it's a
1: one-to-one ratio. <laughs> okay,
0: that would be very silly. So then the hats are all back, mm-hmm. and one thing that I found interesting is that when they announce at first that Slytherin won, but then they say, oh, just kidding, Gryffindor <laughs> won all of the houses except for Slytherin throw their hats up in celebration? It's
1: because Slytherin sucks. I
0: guess everyone just hates them. And I
1: think that, I mean, Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff would have come in second anyway. Right. So I think they're <laughs> just like, ah, at least it's not Slytherin.
2: Okay,
1: okay, I get it. I say as yes, a Slytherin.
2: Yes, of course. It was the <laughs> teachers telling them, this is your lot in life now. Damn. This is, your, this is the rest of your lives. Get used to this first place, second place <gasps> guys, and last place <sighs> evil people. Oh, my yeah. goodness.
0: And then finally, the only thing that is different is at the very end, Harry is the one that comes up with the plan to terrorize Dudley. They go back to King's Cross and Hermione awkwardly says, have a good summer, but then realizes, oh, "Oh, no. Oh, shit,
1: you're going back to your abusive household.
0: Exactly. And then Harry says, no, 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 it's going to be fine. I can threaten Dudley with magic. He doesn't know that we're not allowed to use it. Uh But in the film, Hagrid suggests that to Harry, which again, I think you just kind of lose the mischievous nature of Harry a little bit.
1: I think he's just innocent and more of the... uh mode in which the audience is seeing the universe so Mm -hmm. the audience wouldn't be like oh yeah he can use magic and threaten his cousin so having someone else suggest it makes sense i
0: think so i think so but yeah then that's the end of the film so paul what did you think just as
2: a whole i really enjoyed it it was i'm glad i watched it i did watch it when it first came out but i was i at that time I was probably like drunk or something or high
1: you were in the middle of your divorce as we've established
2: exactly I was going through a dark time and I was like this makes no." I, I just remember thinking this is a kids movie I'm not going to watch this and and sort of I don't remember watching it uh, I remember watching the beginning with the house and the, I remember the room under the stairs mm-hmm. that probably set me off I'm like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> this is traumatic to me this, I'm turning this you're off you're
1: like this is too sad I'm not doing it
2: exactly <laughs> I don't need this right now I need a real kids movie so um, watching it, it, was, it there were some problematic parts of it but I, I chalked that up to the era like the bankers I really did I really did not enjoy seeing the banking yeah. scene yeah I'm
1: that's like Jesus not good. Christ like
0: what the hell like really unfortunately there's a lot of stereotype stuff in the books and the films that doesn't go too well that's not great
2: yeah it's it's, it's there's, a, there's a lot of stuff but I, again that's I, I chalk it up to like at the air like those weren't things people were watching for right at the time people just so sort of inherited these things and then just put it up there on the screen without with a lot without a lot of thought into it. This was mm-hmm. before the whole transition of, of let's be more careful of how we tell stories. I think that's what this was going on. Like, but but uh, was that a thing? The bankers like when the movie came out. Like, yeah. was that a controversy? Oh, it was okay. Yeah. People, well, I it still is. Yeah, I, I don't
0: know if people got mad right off the bat, but it's one of the things that has not aged well at all. There's yeah. some other allegories as well in the, later in the series that just they're just a very bad caricature of Jewish people, and it's not good at all. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, there's, of course, that and then the the, the sort of like the with the, I don't I guess it's sort of like an ableist mentality. Like you have everyone who's a hero mm-hmm. sort of fit and coordinated, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's Attractive. magic. You, you don't have to be that coordinated for magic. It's, yep, just, that's it's, totally. just, it's just one of those things where they, it's a great opportunity when we're working with magic to show someone who's not like the typical type of hero uh, mm-hmm. physically to put them in and make them do something wonderful. But, you know, maybe in the next iteration of this story, because this is someone's going to take another magic story with kids and, and do it again. Right. Sure.
0: Or redo this and turn it into a TV series. Yep. With yeah, exactly. With longer seasons and stuff
1: like that, which is going to be, be around forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. But, yep. but overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought this is a whole other world. This actually made me want to, because um, this is when I found out, like I, I knew there was a, a Potter world. Or yes. Potter... Mm. It's part of Universal Studios. The one in L.A., right? Because I've been in L.A. Universal and Studios. Orlando. Which one's the better one? So Sorry, which one's the one with booze? All, of, All them. of
1: them. The Orlando one is better because it's two separate parks.
2: Because I want to try Butterbeer. Like Butterbeer? is that Yes, yeah.
0: they have Butterbeer. You can spike it with what they call fire whiskey, which is their own branded cinnamon whiskey that's very good. But mm-hmm. they also work with local breweries, at least in the Orlando one, to have beer that is only brewed for the theme park. So yeah. you can get special beer that you can't get anywhere else.
2: And it's really cool. Oh, that is fantastic. I, I need to go there to the LA because I've got go. a time. I'm, i want to go. We'll do it. We you we should tape it. Yes. <laughs> just, Hell yes. <laughs> we'll
0: make it a whole thing, and a whole yeah. experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. Awesome. Well Paul, thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to talk a little bit about if people want to listen to some stuff, maybe your new Marvel project that's coming out soon?
2: Yeah. By the time this episode of Pottlers comes out, we should be close to releasing Marvels, which is a, a, our audio fiction adaptation of the Kirk Busiek-Alex Ross Marvel classic, which is itself a retelling of some of our favorite Marvel comic stories. That comes out in late fall. I'm working on that with uh, Lauren Shippen and Misha Stanton. The Big Loop, there's big news coming up if you're a fan of The Big Loop. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. Black Tapes is now being shopped around for the TV version, as you've probably read. Mm -hmm. Cool. We lost the NBC thing, but it's getting shopped around again because it's pitch season again. So a lot of things, a lot of uh, irons in the fire right now. Sweet.
0: Well, that's very fun. And then everywhere on social media, you're Mr. Paul Bay. So you can check you out there. And then Julia, anything you want to tell the listeners they can find you? And other places?
1: I'm at my name pretty much everywhere. Julie mm-hmm. at Julie Shaffini on Twitter. Nice.
0: And then you can listen to her on Spirits. Yeah.
1: A wonderful podcast
0: also with Multitude. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining listeners. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say, in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they uh, uh,
1: put on their pointy hats,
0: they have, yep, throw their pointy hats into the sky.
1: Wizard on their
0: head cannons. There you go.
1: Their head cannons. <laughs> their head cannons. <laughs> If you're planning
0: on heading to Multitude Live or one of the Potterless events at LeakyCon and you want to rep Potterless proudly, you should go to bit.ly slash merch on and get some Potterless merch. We have shirts, we have pullovers, we have pins, we have stickers, we have posters, so many great things. All the clothes are so soft, and I love all of them. They all look and feel so fantastic. Again, bit.ly slash merch on. Potterless was created by McShubert. It is hosted by McShubert. It is edited by McShubert. It is produced by McShubert, as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klober, char Sir Lopu, Frank Cioto, Marchismo, Samantha. The Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Abita Med, Rosemary, Dajmiri, Maria Lisa Keen, Romina Rivdenera Kamel, Doc, Russell Dunk, Audra, Eleanor Kerlin, Rossane Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Kraus, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orchid Grower, Vivian, The Owl, Takaria Rant, Haley Hastings, Moster, Angelina Withred, Alex Basholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Grace Riggles, Raúl Pineda, Ingen Oddstarter, Stutter, Maury Wind, Alex Consolver, John Kotker, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire, Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria. Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat 29 Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklew, Frida J. Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latshaw, Summer Ethel, Heather Fleischman, Vera Cullatham, Carrie D. Baggison Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Than Megupta, Neda Atabani, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zena Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Remy Fontaine, Addie Brian, Jenny Campion, Nikki Harris, Kara Hamilton, Courtney Hemwood, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel Lindy Plackey, Martha Medueno, Benjamin Desmond Skymart Six, Sarah Shetter, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, C.J. Ochoco, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Kat Yowell, Lindsey Towning, Fielding Lee, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gale Ann, Mr. Folk, Heather McMillan, Adam Bryan, Christina Welton Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Heaven, Christy, Leela Lita Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Flora Sake, sake Yours for Georgia, Itzel Imai Ayala, Alvega, Peter Wyckoff, Candy Kane, Skyla Lily, Edel Ryan, Professor Threat, Kelsey Wizen, Ellie Hoskov Alubin Moleo, Akin Wande, Lena. Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Lee Lee, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Lee Caffaccio, Michael David Yordy, Nice Earmuffs Potter, Did Your Mom Make Them For You?, Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vansgaard, Andrea, Kerry Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, Camilo Garcia, Connie Binkowski, Janet Noel Dittilli, Mary Mati, Sarah, Jennifer Wendt, Anastasia Blake, Jaden Alman, Nedry OS, Matt Barger, Riley Lane, Will Husser, Zephyr Lawrence, Artemis Peters, Brett Claussen, Samantha Lenz, Kayla M. Simino, Lauren Wainwright, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Hermani Snape, Lior Nachum, Megan Dick, Out of Context, 60. Liam McCormick, Malena Brandy, Marco Cepeda, Ella Robertson, Hannah Zeters, Courtney, Victoria McCormick, Marique Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, Jennifer from the Block, Anna Penalbar-Alvarez, Fake Valentine, Brianna Jordan, Karu Teru, Sarah Saunders, McKenna Tweedy, Steamed Nuggets, Can't I Potter? And Yes I Can! Web Design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamandas. If you want to find us on social media, you can! At facebook.com slash or twitter.com slash Potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to potterlustpodcast.com. For bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash And for merch, you can go to bit.ly slash merch on. If you want to tell someone about the show, whether it's in person or on the internet by leaving a review, that helps so much. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, as they say, in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, wizard on.